1: Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charlie Chuck Thompson. Follow me on Twitter at McCoy3pm. We just we just talked about this in our Patreon group. Uh, we don't really give out our, our personal Twitter handles, but more than welcome to follow us personally. Uh, uh, Twitter for the entire podcast is good am liberty at good am liberty but you can follow me mccoy 3 p.m and with me as always the one who knows just about everything there is to know i i don't remember your handle so you're gonna have to i don't think you're gonna have to handle that it
0: doesn't matter and if, uh, if anyone wants to hear from me they should go to at good am liberty okay there we that's go. where where you you will hear from me
1: it's mr nathaniel paul i was nathaniel telling paul
0: i was telling charlie um i went on a Twitter storm last night <laughs> after my Ambient kicked in and tweeted like 14 tweets. And then you deleted it. And you I did left delete it, it for the I, world to see. I woke up this morning in, in, in a haze panic. and I was just like, oh God, no, what did I do? And I went back through and read through some of it. And, um, you know, no you one know it, it wasn't too bad. I just, I could have said it better. No one would have ever known it was you know. though. Cause it was through good AM. It could've, they could have thought it was me. In the first tweet, I said my Ambien just kicked in, so oh, okay. I'm going to live tweet this episode that I'm watching right now. I literally said that in the first tweet. Oh, there you go. So, you know, that's not, that just wasn't really, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious at the time. Yeah. But um, listen, I'm prescribed medication, okay? I've got, what do I have? Narcolepsy. Yes. I got that. You wouldn't think Am- you'd need Ambien. a little bit of amnesia. Yeah. You wouldn't think yeah. you would need ambient for that, but sometimes you just can't sleep. So yeah. anyway, not milk of amnesia, but check out our Twitter sometimes around midnight or so. If you see anything <laughs> come out at that time, it might be screenshot crazy. Screenshot it. Yeah. Screenshot it. Exactly. <laughs> and post it later. So I can't get rid of it. Nate's ambient tweets. So it wasn't anything bad. I was actually tweeting like some Ayn Randian philosophy because I was watching About house episode. I was watching house, the TV show, because that's what I watch when I go to bed. And yeah. um, they were talking very Ayn Randian philosophy.
1: You know what I think the <clears throat> listeners want, Nate? What's that? They want you to live tweet Braveheart. No. Watch not it going to. and
0: live tweet it. I will live tweet the Patriot. Tell us
1: your tears and your excitement. I don't want to. And all of that. live. T- I demand it. <laughs> Everyone in the, the group right now on live demand
0: it. I'm not so, going to, and, and honestly, it's just because you've made such a big deal out of it. So no, I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna not going to watch Braveheart. I'm going to keep making a bigger deal. I'm not out going it. to. I'm not going to watch Bray. Guys, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't done that yet, what the heck is wrong with you guys? We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to, and it's not a national holiday. And we will be here every single time. It says good morning. It is morning time in Hawaii right now. Even California, I hear it's still morning. Uh, Well, yeah, technically, I guess it is. Maybe. For the next few minutes, it will be. So it's morning for some people. And uh, we just wake up in the morning. We're like, man, Liberty. Love it. Good Good morning. morning. (laughs) Good morning, Liberty. That's how we wake up. So we talk. At least
1: what's left of it.
0: Just a little bit. (laughs) I try to appreciate the small liberties that we do still have. There are a few of them you know, it, it, but there's a lot of stuff to be upset about, but you can still appreciate some little things like being able to go on a Twitter tirade on, on Ambien, which has never hurt anyone's career whatsoever. <laughs> so from what I hear, it's a yeah. good thing to do for sure. But, uh, it, <laughs> Sam said ambient TikToks w- would be a good idea too. Yeah. So it's I don't a, think that's good. It's a new trend. So I'd be laying in bed at that time on Ambien and just like, TikToking talking it up, yeah, like talking about stuff. My wife would be all weirded out you when I start even, doing that. Might even so, start dancing, you know. I could do a dance, like
1: the brand new Lamborghini. Cop Ka.
0: No. Like, yeah, one I, of those. No one wants to see that.
1: You got a pistol on your side. It's a Glock. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I have it's, a Glock, actually, or at least uh, I used to. Yeah, before you lost in that yeah, boating accident. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now I just sing about it on TikTok,
0: guys. Subscribe to the podcast. Ninety-two <laughs> percent of the people who check out this podcast end up subscribing to it. Do it. It's now or never, folks. Hit that button. Hit subscribe. Hit follow. Hit whatever it says on your on your stupid Google device that you're using. What, <laughs> whatever that is. I'm I'm kidding. All right. Just I'm joshing you guys, all right? It's okay. Go ahead and hit whatever that button is if it's your first time listening, and you will get a brand new Dose of Liberty delivered directly to your podcast app every single day of the week when we want to. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Charles, did you have a good Memorial Day? Did you party it it up? No. Memorialize anything?
1: No, I I had a good time hanging out with my son and um, played a little bit of poker, and he took a long nap and then it ended up storming. So You and your
0: son played poker? Yeah. Both yeah, of you? He was together? helping. Yeah. I okay. had
1: to ask him to make sure, like, are you sure you want to go all in here? Son? And uh He was like, truck. He's like, Dada, did you hear that? I was like, Yeah, I heard it. I heard that. And he was like, That I like thunder. I was like, well, I'm glad you do, buddy. Good. That's good stuff. And so then I went all in and and, did it uh, work no I lost on that hand
0: well now he owes you money then exactly okay. I just I took it out of his college fund. that's not too bad yeah <laughs> I uh pressure washed my neighbor's house and my house and just for fun I guess that's what you do when you have time off ended up getting very badly sunburned like blisters all over the place mm. is, does that make it second degree is yeah. it is it once you have blisters is that second degree Something like that. I'm not a know. medical professional. Any of you doctors out there that listen daily, I know you're out there. Let me know what degree this burn is so I know how worried and concerned to be about it. It hurts. Yeah. Whatever degree hurts,
1: it's that one. I guess your pressure washing services are just listed for free out there in your I, it's neighborhood.
0: Good, it's good to help people. Yeah, give back. I, have, I had time off and they needed their house pressure washed. And I was like, hey, I happen to have a pressure washer. And um, so I was just like, hey, let me just hit let me just hit your stuff real quick. And by real quick, I mean the entire day. And uh, that's okay. I just went out there and listened to some books. Uh, I listened to uh, trading in the zone again, two times over the weekend, two times through the book while I was pressure washing. So picked up some good knowledge. So now you're in the zone. I'm in the zone. You are for sure.
1: Austin says that they had a fire incident at the house. Grease fire from the grill. Everyone's okay, which is good. Grill is shot. Got to replace four pieces of siding.
0: Did you throw some, uh, some flour on it? Anything like that just to, to calm that thing down? What do you... Uh, you're, you're clearly
1: not supposed to use water. I know that. Yeah. But uh, for a grease flour. fire. Is it flour? Flour is good. Yeah. What about uh, um, a fire Fire Like an extinguisher?
0: extinguisher? You can, but those like, that'll like, ruin everything. Like, okay. Those are bad. That stuff is. That's like I don't ever want to use this again. Let me spray it down with this. Right. So I mean, worst case scenario, those are good. But uh, a pallet of flour will keep you in the game for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, get a powder, a pallet of flour. I'm glad you didn't burn your place down. You know, just replacing some siding. That is. Uh, that's that's better than having to replace four walls of your house. Yeah. Last I checked. For sure. So when when did you last check on that? Just now. (laughs) I Googled it. It was better. I Googled it. The price difference is pretty big. Guys, if you
1: you want to be part of this live group and join in on the action, tell us stories like Austin, (laughs) hang out with us live pre and post show and get some bonus episodes, some video podcasts that I make Nate do, then uh, you guys can do that by going to patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty. That's patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty for as little as five bucks a month. You get all kinds of free stuff. So. Five bucks a month, free stuff. There's nothing more than you could do. The, the, there are higher tiers, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying as little as, you know, five bucks a month. As the economy <laughs> starts to open back up, there's nothing more you want to do than support your content producers uh, like us. So
0: Jeff says, Pal of the Flower, new
1: band name called it. Pal of the Flower. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> um Sam says, I'm your beekeeper.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right. Tell me about, listen, there's this new story. Uh, I'm sure everyone has heard about it. Uh, talking about George Floyd. Unfortunately, uh, we've got another story of some, an unfortunate incident with some police. And Charlie's going to tell us about this. We'll go through uh, a few of our opinions on yeah. this while this we're still always... waiting for all the the details and all that. This is
1: always so frustrating. You know, I I saw a friend of mine post like how many of these do we have to be aware about before we start to change some policies? You know, like now we'll get into it. Let me get into the story. This is coming from the local uh, station, the local CBS station in Minnesota. Use of force experts say police restrained, restrained George Floyd for too long. A black man who died in police custody in Minneapolis was seen on a bystander's video pleading that he could not breathe as a white officer knelt on his neck during the arrest and kept his knee there for several minutes after the man stopped moving. Now, the fact that the black man was a victim and the, white, and the officer was white doesn't matter in the scenario. It's one human holding another human down. However, there tends to be some type of, uh, I would say, systematic issues inside of the criminal justice system mm-hmm. i mean and i you know that from history obviously there's there were jim crow laws you know they had separate white and black yeah water fountains and schools and all kinds of stuff all the way up into the mid 60s
0: well and, uh, typically and, you know minorities if you were to look statistically would have a lower economic status than non-minorities and and those are the people the people with a lower economic status are going to be the people who are committing a lot of petty crimes except for uh, jews and so, it's <laughs> obviously true. Jews, look it up jews are a minority right. and they
1: do pretty well economically speaking. so
0: other than that uh, uh, but my, my, <laughs> but i say
1: that because my girlfriend does a podcast called make it work you guys should check it out uh if you're into they talk about pop culture and uh, it's a lady podcast, and they get they get they get pretty graphic on some things. I mean, it's go check explicit. it out. If, don't you want to s- hear
0: Charlie's girlfriend talking don't, graphic.
1: Don't listen. Uh, don't let your children listen to it. But anyway, her friend, her best friend that she does a podcast with, Morgan, she's a Jew, and they were talking about their they they did an episode. She's
0: Jewish would be the proper way she, to say that. She's Jewish. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, she says it herself on the podcast. She's like, I'm a Jew, so she's Jewish, and. They were talking about things like um, that wouldn't work in a relationship for them. And they they were talking about bad Morgan brought up bad financials (laughs) and then she made the joke. She was like, I know that I'm talking about finances and I'm Jewish. (laughs) So anyway, side story. Anyway, we're talking about somebody that died. Sorry. The man who died was identified as George Floyd by Ben Crump, a prominent civil rights and personal injury attorney who said he had been hired by Floyd's family. Two experts on police use of force said the officer clearly restrained the man for too long. The man was under control and no longer fighting, said David A. Harris, a University of Pittsburgh law professor who specializes in police conduct. Andrew Scott, a former Boca Raton, Florida police chief, who now testifies as an expert witness in use of force cases, agreed, saying the officer should have at least rolled him on his side so he could breathe. The death was a combination of not being trained properly or disregarding their training. Scott said he couldn't move. He was telling them he couldn't breathe and they ignored him. I can't even describe it. It was difficult to watch and it was very difficult to watch. Now the video doesn't capture the entire thing court. The, the officers are saying that he resisted arrest and all of that stuff. Let me finish this. We'll get into this in many, Minneapolis, kneeling on a suspect's neck is allowed under the department's use of force policy for officers who have received training in how to compress a neck without applying direct pressure to the airway. It is considered a non deadly force option. According to the department's policy handbook, a chokehold is considered a deadly force option and involves someone obstructing the airway. According to the department's use of force policy, officers are to use only an amount of force necessary. That would be objectively reasonable. That's clear. Okay. The police union asked the public to wait for the investigation to help its, uh to help uh, to take its course and to not rush to judgment. That's a quote, by the way, quote, do not rush to judgment and immediately condemn our officers. The Hennepin County Attorney's Office, which would handle the prosecution on police uh, of police on state charges, said in the statement that it was shocked and saddened by the video and pledged to handle this case fairly. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Minnesota declined comment. The FBI is conducting a separate federal civil civil rights investigation at the request of the Minneapolis police. The BCA said messages left with the FBI would not immediately return. Okay, so the very beginning, the officers claim that he resisted arrest. They basically had no choice; they had to hold him down. The very beginning of the video, they don't show. According to the reports that we that I've seen at least, um, and some news reports, local news reports, is that uh, he was found. Trying to fraudulently use another name, and they found them in his car, drunk in a parking lot. And they asked him to exit the vehicle, and he did. And then they said he resisted arrest, and so they they got him down on the ground and they handcuffed him. Now the police have admitted that they they had his knee they had their knee on his neck for seven minutes, seven minutes. Now once you get a guy in handcuffs, I don't know if you watched the video, but it didn't look like especially drunk didn't look like he could really run. Yeah, what? Why do you need to keep your knee there? I don't understand that, except for wanting to show force.
0: That's wanting that's, to
1: show that you have the
0: power. That's really all I think it is. I, I think a lot of these cops. Now, obviously, we can talk racism or not racism or whatever it is. And honestly, we're just we're not going to know. We don't know what's in the 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 police officer's heart whatsoever. But what I what you can see. Is that the guy is clearly subdued on the ground and they've got there he's got his knee in the guy's neck? There's like five seven officers. minutes. The guy's in handcuffs, and at that point, I mean, he's he's subdued. Like you don't need to be choking him with your knee anymore. You really don't need to, unless you have a lot of pent up anger and aggression, and you're mad that the guy was resisting, and you're trying to teach him a lesson. And that and that's really that's where my mind goes with it. You have a lot of people who who go around all day talking police officers. Now, listen, I'm not a police officer. I'm that That is a very difficult job for sure. Had a lot of, you know, cops in the family, things like that, that, that going around with a lot of pent up aggression. And when they get an opportunity to let some of that out, I think you see a lot of times that they they lose control and they end up taking out a lot of frustration on someone. Now, is there a pattern that this typically happens with, with you know, Black people who are who are resisting arrest and and not white people. I don't know. I don't know the numbers on that. I definitely don't, a pattern it, in media coverage. It's it's a pattern in media coverage. And listen, I'm not saying it's not a pattern uh, from the cops to, towards doing this for black people. Uh, what I'm saying is it's definitely a pattern in media coverage. I don't I don't know what the numbers are on that for how often this happens to to white people instead of black people. I, I really don't know. But the the, the problem here is. I think we have a lot of people who really want to show that they have force over people. Now, this specific thing, I would be speaking a little bit differently. You know, say that this were a drug crime. Then we could easily go into a conversation about how this is something that should not be illegal They shouldn't have been messing with the guy in the first place. That's how you stop this from happening is to not even have those kinds of laws. And then you end up cutting out tons of these things happening. The Eric Garner thing in New York was over him selling loose cigarettes, which all had to do with the fact that the state wants to get its tax money off of cigarettes. And, and so they're out there, you know, end up chokeholding someone over selling loose cigarettes. You know, there's all kinds of laws like where Maybe you wouldn't have prevented this cop from doing this right here, but you could definitely have prevented tons of these things from happening if you just had laws, if you did not have laws when someone was not taking away liberties from another person, like someone who had drugs on them or who was selling drugs or who was selling cigarettes or something like that. There shouldn't even be an altercation with the police at that time. Now, if this person was, was it a... Forgery thing or was it a what what was according what they to call the it?
1: local report that I saw he was trying to use a fraudulent name or something like that a business called and reported him trying to use a fraudulent name yeah so okay my thing is and I'm I'm with you on that
0: I I'm don't, not excusing what they did at all I'm I mean, not either th- th- I'm not either
1: all. I my thing is and this has kind of been a libertarian position for a long time is is that there really needs to be um, a big change in the use of force by police officers. And I know a lot of people will say, well, what if somebody gets away? Well, it's, I think it's better that someone gets away than someone dies. Um, unfortunately like this, now this police officer might've put his knee on somebody's neck or put his knee on thousands of necks, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's what he's done before. Um, and, and nothing's ever really happened, but the use of force that, that police use, whether it be shooting a guy in the back or choking a guy out for selling loose cigarettes or any type of thing like this is just completely bogus and needs to be changed. And I would like to see the police move more towards, now I know they can't completely do this, but they should move more towards like firefighters and EMS and those types of people like, Hey, when we need you, we'll call you. You know, like we'll call you out and if there's a disturbance or something like that, which in this case was, they were called out there, but at the same time, it's like they have to change the policies and it can't, the excuses are going to have to stop in this age of video and social media and all of this stuff. It has to stop. There's just no way that, that this can continue.
0: Yeah. And this just, this is a, this is a human issue and this is cops not thinking that they are above the people that they are supposed to be protecting all the time. You know, this person is is always, you're always innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. It should be treated as such. There should be the minimal use of force possible. Once you have the guy on the ground, he's in handcuffs. You've got your knee on his neck. Like, it's time to move on, not to sit there for seven minutes after that. So it's it's terrible that this kind of thing happens. I can't come up with a good with an amazing libertarian answer that would tell you that this would never happen again if we just had a nice libertarian government, uh, because we would still have some type of liberty protecting officers out there and those people would still be prone to being able to show some type of force we can easily make the case that all the times that this happened when they were chasing someone down over a drug crime selling loose cigarettes all that stuff we can easily make the case that that you could that you could get rid of this that you could stop this from happening in a lot of cases um this comes down to this officer doing a terrible thing uh hopefully he pays the price for it i mean it's it it is what it is. I mean, he 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 killed someone. He he held them down and he and he choked them out where they couldn't breathe for nearly ten minutes. And you're gonna have to pay the price for that. So that's that's all I got on it. So yeah. I don't it's, know.
1: And it's sad. It's sad for the the man obviously was killed in his family. Um something I mean, maybe the guy was doing the wrong thing, sure. But did it warrant a death sentence? No, and the answer to that's no,
0: and that's it's the, clearly no. That's the thing that a lot of people need to ask themselves. Like this person is committing this crime now. Short of the obvious, you can always ask yourself: Does this crime warrant a death sentence, or would it even be better for them to be able to get away and catch them at another at another time? I just saw someone. Uh, stealing something does that warrant a death sentence do do any of these so before you use force you need to have a threshold where you say like i don't need to kill this person because they committed this crime i have to at least stop before that happens for sure and i think a lot of people don't don't draw that line so um moving on to a little bit of this is a little bit of coronavirus news but it goes along with something that we've been talking about which is that there's going to be a lot of Unforeseen consequences from destroying your economy. And this is one of them. Now, listen, I don't know that this guy's story is completely true, but this is probably happening all over the place. I think crime is up for sure. It's been up in my neighborhood. I can tell you that according to my neighborhood app. It's it's up. Assuming that Ring is not just posting things about crimes to get you to keep your <clears throat> membership or anything like that. Uh, aside from that, this is from another CBS local but out of Miami. Unemployed South Florida man. <laughs> it's always a Florida, Florida man. man. Unemployed Florida man tells police he robbed store to feed his family. Now, Charlie, I have a moral. I have a. I have a moral philosophical question for you. Would you steal a loaf of bread to feed your family? If I had to. If you had to. If I had to. If it were your only option. Yeah, truly your only option. I'd probably
1: go hunting first. Yeah, and, you know, do other things. Yeah, but. If it, if it was last resort, yes.
0: I don't know if we're at the point where this is last resort only option or people are going to starve to death. There's nothing I can do to earn money whatsoever. This is my only option. Yeah, we're not there I yet. don't know if we're, in, if we're at that point, especially in Florida, who's obviously been more relaxed, been all over the news about how they've been more relaxed about all of their measures. So anyway, out of Miami, an unemployed Florida man, Accused of robbing a beauty supply store, told police he was trying to get money to feed his family. An arrest report said, Manuel Eduardo Zamara Torres, 40, apologized to officers when they arrested him on Saturday, the Palm Beach Post reported. Boynton Beach Police Investigators said Zamara Torres wore a camouflage bandana and blue gloves when he pointed a gun at a Sally's Beauty Supply employee on Saturday and took an undisclosed amount of cash, the report said. Torres sped away when officers approached his vehicle at a red light, driving on a sidewalk to get away, the report said, but officers boxed him in with their vehicles and arrested him. He told investigators he'd been out of work for two months and needed money to feed his family. He stated that that it was not an excuse for what he did and wanted to apologize, according to the police report. Torres now faces charges of robbery with a weapon and aggravated fleeing. That's worse than normal fleeing when you're aggravated about it. An attorney for him wasn't listed on court records. So anyway, this is one of those potential repercussions from shutting down your entire economy. Now, it doesn't excuse anyone robbing a place, especially at gunpoint. It doesn't excuse any type of removal of liberties from other people. That doesn't right. fix the problem. But you're going to statistically have more things like this come up as people can't earn any money. Like it becomes illegal to earn money in different places. They're going to be breaking in the cars. People are going to be robbing places, trying to get cash. More of it's going to happen. So that this is just another one of those things that could potentially pop up out of that. I just thought that that was an interesting story to to go over. So that very that's, interesting. I don't, we don't have to spend a lot of time on that. It's just a little bit of little bit of news for you. A little bit of oh, news.
1: Nothing like a South Florida man.
0: I know. I know. To get things going for you. But so, these
1: unintended. Con- you're right. The unintended con- consequences. Are gonna skyrocket, and we'll see that. Um, I don't know if you put the Dr. Fauci story in here or not, but
0: I didn't because it was all the way back on Friday, Friday. and and I just these found are all I pulled today. You know,
1: I sent it to my brother, and I was like, "Uh oh, was he supposed to say this?" <laughs> <laughs> it's something like we've been talking about for months now, and it's something that now everyone is starting to realize, and it like. At least for me, especially in like my circle of family and friends, especially from with the ones on the left, I've been, I've been tried to uh, be made to feel nothing but shame and guilt for my stance. And now all of a sudden, the PhD, the the doctor graduated first in his class from Cornell,
0: who had, last week we were who, supposed to listen to anything who,
1: that he said, right? And now he's saying, "Hey, look, if you don't open up the economy, there's going to be unintended consequences that might outweigh." staving off the virus and what
0: yeah what what what
1: how bad is it what how bad is it oh and it's just uh you know these it's a multivariate issue and I told you guys from the very beginning just pay attention that's what I said and you'll be amazed how
0: the turntables they will turn they will turn for sure yeah I'll go into this next article since I I didn't get much reading time in right there and I need to get my reading practice for the day you know Mm mm-hmm this is an interesting article now, it's it's from Slate. All right, so it's called the freedom to move or stay still. Now, economic mobility is something that we talked about a lot. That's something that doesn't get measured very well, but economic mobility is very important when, when you are wealthy or when you're comfortable. That's good to be able to move around to whatever job you need to work to make whatever money you need to make uh to be able to make good decisions for your family the ability for you to rise up out of poverty that's a good example of good economic mobility now slate is trying to make the argument that now it's a privilege to be able to stay at home and it's it's now the it's now the immobility of the poor people that is the problem because the poor people are all of the essential workers and they all have to go places So maybe we're going to start to see this shift where we have to switch to being able to move around so we can help the poor people because it's the rich people who can actually afford to stay at home, which, of course, is a decent point right there. Anyway, it says the pandemic has changed how we think about the privilege of mobility. It's a privilege, by the way to be able to, to move around, make your own decisions. We think of the freedom to move as a sign of privilege. In the U.S., passing a driving test, owning a car, getting the passport are milestones that signal modern the signal of freedom wealth also enables travel abroad countries with higher income produce more international tourists likewise we think of restrictions on the movement as the domain of the underprivileged restrictions on movement as the domain of the underprivileged like the current and formerly incarcerated and more generally there are millions of people around the world who aspire to migrate but experience involuntarily immobility because of restricted state policies but the pandemic seems to have changed who is on the move Governments around the world have advised people to self-isolate, but who is able to follow this advice? In the United States, it is largely the richest 25% who can work from home. What percentage are we ever supposed to really care about? Like, is it 1%, 25%? Is it just whatever percentage you can pick for an article? I don't know which one it is.
1: Well, you know, Nate, <laughs> there's, the world is just only filled with haves and have-nots.
0: That's all it is. Yeah. See, I like to think, if I can say something... <laughs> um, if I can say something very, uh, I don't, this is, this is corny, is what you could say, and it's and that's a corny word on its own right yeah. there. But I don't think of have and have not. I think of haves and haven't yet. Oh, nice. There you go. That's a much better way to think Once, about it. When's that <laughs> book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working yeah. on it. In the United States, it is largely the richest 25% who can work from home. As the New York Times observed weeks ago, the middle class's swift shift to virtual life has been striking. White collar workers at large companies, why does it matter what color your collar is? Workers at large companies are likely to be some of the last to return to the office, if they do so at all. They may be thriving at home, finding previously elusive downtime and investing in new hobbies. Meanwhile, essential workers continue to be mobile, People working in manufacturing, food services, and healthcare none of them can work from home. These frontline workers are not just disadvantaged in terms of class, they're disproportionately women, minorities, and immigrants. Of course they are. Of course they are. Of course. In this world of white-collar quarantine, is immobility the new marker of status? We might be tempted to conclude from this that the world's first truly global event has not only changed who is on the move, but also fundamentally altered the relationship between mobility and privilege. It's Mm. always interesting to delve into the brains of of people like this. Mm -hmm. For starters, there have always been at least two sides of immobility, not just involuntary involuntary immobility, but also privileged immobility. Jesus. Now there's privileged immobility immobility and privileged mobility. Everyone keep account of your privilege. Keep all track. Right? Check your privilege for this article. The, involunt- the, involunt- the involuntary immobile include 40 million internally displaced people across the world who are unable to return home or to leave the country where they reside. But alongside the hundreds of thousands who would migrate if they could but can't, there are millions who don't want or need to leave home to improve their lives or escape violence. So now it's just so you know it's an inequality if you were able to secure yourself a position at a job where you could work from home, just just so we can go ahead and clear that up. That's the idea that we're trying to get across here. Yeah, you didn't get there. That this you is the new inequality. Came because of your privilege. Yeah. It's also about how the movement is represented and the experience. Healthcare workers are some of the most visibly mobile in this pandemic, receiving applause in cities around the world. But while the deaths of frontline doctors in the U.S. and China are causing outrage, only the U.S. and China, blue-collar frontline workers might be more aptly described as sacrificial than essential. And across the Gulf from us, millions of Indians have been forced to migrate after losing their livelihood as a result of the coronavirus lockdown, but face threats of being shot on site if they violate quarantine. Getting crazy in India over there. So I wanted to just tell you what my idea was on this article. This is the idea that I get when I read something like this, because this whole thing is talking about how privileged you are, Charlie and me, mm-hmm. for being able to work from home, for being able to log on to something and work. Maybe you're going to log on and trade. Maybe you're going to log on and write code. Maybe you're going to work as an accountant or a financial analyst or whatever it is. You're privileged. By the way yeah and now you've we've created an inequality because
1: i mean i pray for myself every day yeah you you should yeah i try to pray the
0: privilege away you to try and just get do you at least hate yourself some (laughs) every morning okay i look i look in the mirror and i'm just are you going to atone for your sins
1: in any kind of way yeah okay yeah i'm gonna i've got a naked parade starting and people throw tomatoes at me Coming up soon. Okay.
0: <laughs> remind me to miss that parade. <laughs> every, I'm busy. You know, every day Whatever I that look that at is. myself
1: in the mirror and I just, you know, I pray for my privilege and, you know, I just ask for a
0: a shield of humility. <laughs> <laughs> Any, I just can't imagine. My point here is that I, I can't imagine going through the world And only seeing things in terms of privilege and underprivilege and equality and inequality and only seeing that. And even in a time like this where you're someone who's able to work from home and now, of course, the essential workers and the people who can't work from home, well, those are mostly minorities and women. You know, so it's, it's the, it's once again, the evil rich white men who are able to work from home right now, those are the, those are the people. They're holding everyone back. That they're holding everyone back. Right. And that we can't, we can't organize our society to help those people because they, they just truly don't understand. And all I would have to say about that is quit sitting there worrying about those people that are working from home. And if you want to get a job where you can work from home, then acquire the skills necessary to be able to do that and quit worrying about anything else other than that Mm -hmm. that's all i would say to do get online and learn something enter into an income share agreement with someone who's going to teach you the code or something like that or get on Khan academy and there's tons of free classes on there you can learn how to do anything get on youtube Learn some kind of a skill. There's a lot of customer service moving to work from home. All all kinds kinds of of stuff. stuff. All all kinds of jobs that you can get and work from home right now. And so there's nothing we can do about the fact that nurses need to be in hospitals, like they can't work from home that well, doctors, doctors need to be in hospitals, Mm -hmm. uh, servers at restaurants need to be in restaurants and cooks at restaurants need to be in restaurants, truck drivers, drive trucks, like that's those kinds of things. Yeah. But what what are you to do about that? Like, if you don't want to have one of those jobs, then work on it. Acquire the human capital. Acquire uh, up your hum, human capital. Up your skills to the point where you can be one of these evil, terrible white collar people working at home. Now, what if my just boot, do that? What if
1: my bootstraps are missing?
0: Then, then guard <laughs> on it. make some more bootstraps. Here's the thing. Okay, I will give this
1: article. I'm not going to give any credit, but I will say it has, it does have one thing right, but it takes it down a totally different wrong path. Economic mobility is essential to people's liberty and freedom. Okay. And the problem is it's not about privilege versus the underprivileged or not privileged. And it's not about the haves or the have nots. What it's about is you have to ask the question, what is keeping people from economic mobility what is keeping them from moving into the upper echelon uh moving tiers or classes or whatever you want to see it what is stopping them from becoming more successful to where they could work from home or they could do other things and the answer is it's not privilege the answer is government government is the leading cause of making it more difficult to be mobile economically yeah there's no other greater force you talk, I want to talk about licensure laws, regulations from the FDA, the ATF, the Department of Education, all of it. They're all hurdles that keep people from moving economically, you know, like why could why can't. People who know how to cut hair just decide to cut hair, open up. A, you could work from home by opening up a business in your home to cut hair.
0: You got to have a separate license you in Tennessee, by the way, um, not just to be able to cut hair in a salon, but if you want to cut hair at your home, that is a separate license yeah. that you have to get.
1: Oh, but that's privilege.
0: Yeah, it's privilege. It's privilege. Yeah.
1: Not government mandate. It's privilege. This is what bothers me. And this is why we say liberty is essential to people living the best lives possible because it's government getting in the way that stops a lot of people from economic mobility. And then you do leave it to the people who have more to keep gaining more unfairly. You know, you leave it to those who have more to be able to do more unfairly because, um, you know, a, a rich person can send their kid to haircut school and pay the 30 grand to get their haircut license. And, then they can get, you know, they can pay for due two separate licenses, and then they're the ones that can do it. But the poor kids its a
0: Pareto distribution,
1: exactly. Well, that that plays into it, but I think the government regulations and mandates and stuff—that's what makes it unfair. Yeah, you know that those things are required before you can offer a, a service or product to a person that's freely willing to give you money for it. It's a, supposed to be a free exchange. So, um, economic mobility is important, but it's not. It's not privilege versus unprivileged. It's government getting in the way. Yeah. It's disgusting.
0: But it's even at the end of the day, like, but even if it is the government's fault, which which it is, and I'm sure they're sorry, okay, work past it, okay? Charlie worked past it. I worked past it. Mm-hmm. My wife worked past it. And all of us are people that were literally selling plasma at one point in time yeah. to, to pay bills. Literally. Yeah. What's the max amount of times you can donate plasma in a week? Charlie can tell you that. Okay. My wife I can tell remember. you that. I
1: think it's three, it's three. Though. Yeah. It, three.
0: When, when my wife was in college, when we first moved to Nashville, she was donating plasma every single I week. I did it when I still live in Illinois. Okay. Yeah. You did it when we were in Illinois. You did it when we were traveling around on our first band. You know, it's crazy. I had two jobs. And I still donated plasma. Yeah, just getting some of that extra. I was just trying to. That greedy, wealthy plasma s- money. Store it up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you
0: got like 20 bucks.
1: Hey, 20 bucks. Back in the day, that could buy you four meals at McDonald's if you oh, did it, yeah. right? Yeah. 20
0: bucks. I was good for another month at that time. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I used to not get nervous until I was down to less than a value meal at McDonald's. And I was like, oh, what am yeah. I going to do? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? No, but it's, it's
1: just. We all can't be Todd from Wedding Crashers with a hell of a lot of advantages. Yeah,
0: you know, know, he's got all the advantages in the world. Charlie does right here. So listen, (laughs) listen, just we need to be able to, like Milton Friedman would say, uh, pinpoint the source of the problem. And that's what we're doing right now. We need to relax all these laws. Hey, how about we open up the economy, potentially? We yeah. could maybe open up the economy, make life a little bit easier for a lot of people. If we just got back to how things were in January of 2020, that that would be a nice step to take in that direction. But if if that's not possible, then you're just going to have to work yourself to death trying to learn some kind of a skill so you can be valuable to other people. Listen, if you want other people to bring you things, you're going to have to provide value in some kind of a way. Mm-hmm. And if the only value you can provide is waiting tables, that's great. I waited tables for eight years. That's great. If you're a nurse, that's awesome. If you're working at a gas station or a fast food restaurant, that's all cool. But if you, you're you going to receive back the value that you put in the society, like the true monetary value, if you're going to ask other people to to be giving you things, you can't just expect to be able to get things from society without also reciprocating and putting value back in the society. And you're going to have to make the decision. Is that going to be through waiting tables or if I want to be able to work from home? Well, is, am I just magically going to be able to work from home or am I going to have to acquire the skills to be able to do that? And if that's something you want to do, then you're going to have to work on acquiring whatever those skills are for whatever that job is.
1: The question you have to ask yourself is what, what do you actually want out of life? Like, what do you want in life? And to you know, steal something from Gary to steal something from Gary Vee is like, I think most people just don't want to put in the work. You'd rather watch Netflix. You'd rather watch football. You'd rather watch. You'd rather go to the bar and have a few drinks. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It all depends. Like, what's your work life balance? Like, what do you, what do you want out of life? You can't sit there and say, oh man, some guys and girls they just get so lucky. If only I was privileged like they were. You know, there's plenty of people in minorities that have become massively successful, massively They're billionaires that are minorities. Right. Yeah. It's not just the old rich white people. And so you have to ask, like, OK, what do I want out of life and what am I willing to, to, to do to get there? I've had a very interesting career, I would say, a very interesting life. I mean, right out of high school. I was playing music and that was my number one passion, but I, I went to nursing school. Like I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a nurse. And then when I got there and I tested really well, they're like, Hey, have you ever thought of anesthesia, uh, anesthesiology? I'm like, no, never have. They're like, well, Hey, you can make a lot of money if you do that. I'm like, I'm doing that.
0: You're going to be a nurse and ethicist, a nurse and ethicist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll do that. And then the band I was in got signed, um, to, uh, And then suit a a great, a great record (laughs) label, but we did, we started touring and I was like, you know what? College will always be there. Even though I had a full ride and everything, I was like, ah skipping out. college will always be there. And then I went and played music for a while. And in between music, I waited tables and I did construction work and I did all kinds of stuff. It was a constant, I, I was trying to bring revenue in any way I possibly could. Um, and so I learned a lot of valuable skills. I mean, that was my college experience was going on the road and I became decently successful at music. I mean, we weren't no, I wasn't Justin Bieber by any means, but you didn't, I did all that. And then when I actually, uh, quit music and I quit touring around, I went back to bartending and doing construction work to bring in money. And then I knew someone that needed a lot of people in the healthcare field. They needed like 40 people. And I was sent on as like elbow to elbow support. I never even coded anything in my life. And I, I literally worked 18 hours a day while I was on that job to learn what I know now that people pay me a lot of money for now. Yeah. Like, cause, because I was willing. Yeah. I got a chance to do some contract work through a friend of mine, which by the way, networking super important. You guys should note that one down. Be friendly to people and network. Um, It'll get you a lot of places in life. Even if they suck. Even if they suck. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) I'm not saying suck up to them. I'm not saying don't stand your ground or have principles. I'm just saying networking is massively important. Um, So through that, I, I literally worked 18 hours a day. I was the first guy in the last guy to leave. And I busted my ass working as hard as I possibly could to learn everything I could learn in a short amount of time. And I did. And within two years of doing that, I started my own company and you the rest get, is history. You can get there anyway. Like there's no f- real formula to it. It's,
0: it's hard work, but you did all that while being white. Yeah. Is the so problem. that was, that's so what made it, it so was easy. easier for you mm, to yeah. do that. That's that's the problem. So that's why
1: my trailer was nicer when I was a kid. There's no way that your trailer.
0: There's no way that your first employee was black. There's 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 no way. There's no way that person was getting paid fifty bucks an hour. I would have never at at all. Not I mean uh, that would just be insane, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. (laughs) Be terrible. No way. You had a black employee getting paid fifty bucks an hour, man. I I didn't actually, because he was making (laughs) sixty. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Sorry, I shortchanged you,
1: Derek. (laughs) Yeah, my bad. All right. And that's the thing. I don't care. Like I, I care about talent, and I care about your work ethic. That's all I care about. Like what Martin Luther King said it best. You know, he has a dream that one day his kids will be judged not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Like, what's the content of your character? Can you honestly look in the mirror and be like, I'm giving this all I've got? Some of you probably can. I bet most of you can't.
0: People listening on the live show right now can because they're listening to GML. Exactly. Okay? And that's how they're up in their human capital right now. They're human. Did you see the thing about the, the hashtag human capital stock last night? No. One of the guy from, uh, actually, he was in one of these articles we just went through um, from the from the administration Said that our human capital, he was on the news. He said our human capital stock was ready to go back to work. And of course, the left just took that and ran with that. Of course, as the idea that we're all just livestock. And that we're just, we're just, you know, little pawns in this game of making money. Jesus. And, and that's what they were going, you know, everyone was saying, oh, when you accidentally say the quiet part out loud and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, that's, that's not what they're talking about. Like this country has a, has a store of human capital all the people that are inside of the country. There are skills and talents and value inherent inside of all the people who are willing to go and work and even value and talents inside the people who aren't willing to go to work there's human capital and there's a stock of it like a supply of it like you stock shelves Mm -hmm. or this is in stock you know like something like that there's a supply of human capital in the country that is ready to go back to work and that's what he was saying but of course that's been turned into this idea that we're all just livestock in the evil capitalist game is, well, even is all he, we are
1: even you put out a video on TikTok that was great in and, and our instagram story about elon musk putting it in simple terms it's like yeah you know, what does he he said to all the he's like let me tell all the fools like you just don't get stuff yeah you have to make stuff
0: he said if you don't elon musk he actually they were talking about joe rogan mentioned the ubi and he said it in a way that i've never heard anyone respond to it before he said He said, yeah, let me make it uh, for all the fools. Let me just make it clear. I'll break it to you. If you don't make stuff, there is no stuff. Right. (laughs) Like you're not just going to have it magically. He said later, you can't just legislate that there's going to be these things. If you're not making stuff, there will be no stuff. And that just in a true genius, Elon Musk fashion, just destroyed that argument altogether right there. Like, oh yeah, but I mean, how are you guys going to have the stuff? If there's no one making the stuff like someone's going to have to make the stuff and then he somehow
1: he has a long pause where his brain's probably going a million miles (laughs) a second and then he just goes,
0: yeah, yeah, that'll do.
1: Yeah. Drop the mic. That's it.
0: (laughs) He's not someone that would ever have his own podcast or anything. It would just be terrible. Yes. Terrible to listen to. I'd still listen to what I imagine. Elon Musk thinking is like, yeah, I really need to say anything else other than that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna sell my house. Yeah, I was. Gonna, yeah. I gotta. It's a pretty. It's a pretty cool house. you know? and and like that. <laughs> and that's it. And what I imagine when he wants to say something is like, I don't need to say that. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth my time. <laughs> you know, now and like, he, and now like that's he, just how he would go. When he comes out with NeuroLink, I'm definitely. I'm gonna get that, and <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna
1: connect. I want to get his information. Be too much. All right, let me tell you about some church. Take me to church. The U.S. Supreme Court asked to intervene in California's biased shutdown of churches. This coming from LifeSite News, which is a Christian news organization out of San Diego, California. Southern California's South Bay Pentecostal Church has petitioned the United States Supreme Court to intervene and issue an emergency injunction against Governor Gavin Newsom's shutdown of churches. The church's attorney are... How do churches have attorneys?
0: That is interesting. Big stuff
1: here. Huh. The church's attorneys are arguing that Newsom's shutdown of religious worship in the state is a blatant violation of the First Amendment's constitutional guarantee that citizens may freely exercise their religious faith. So far, the South Bay United Pentecostal Church and its senior pastor, Bishop Arthur Hodges III, have not prevailed in their lawsuit before both San Diego's federal district court and the Ninth uh, Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. In the Ninth Circuit, the church lost on emergency appeal two to one before a three-judge panel. Judge Daniel Collins sided with the church filing a powerful 15 page dissent that declared the church deserves the relief it seeks. The South Bay United Pentecostal Church is asking to hold in-person worship services fully subject to social distancing and other contagion mitigation steps. Quote, but we still need the United States Supreme Court to weigh in on this critical matter to ensure that state or local officials refrain now and forever from governing governing by decree to curtail constitutional rights declared Breccia, who noted that a relief is now sought for the next Sunday, May 31st, which is Pentecost, a significant day in the Christian church. Judge Collins, in his dissent from the Ninth Circuit panel's denial of any emergency relief, which would have allowed the church to hold services, scored compelling points in his lengthy persuasing, persuasive opinion, which it wouldn't be a, an opinion, it would be a dissent. <laughs> he argued. Um, there's several of them here. We'll just go over a few of them. The first amendments, free exercise clause provides that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof.
0: That, South- should, be, that should really be it right there.
1: That's it. Like, That's all, all you like, need already. And, and now of course, some, uh, some people would argue, and I've seen this ridiculous lawyer do it in a thread that I was part of. They would argue that, well, the first amendment applies only to federal, Congress shall make no law.
0: Yeah. And Congress didn't make a law. And Congress
1: Congress hasn't made a law. But what you don't understand is you have to take the Bill of Rights as a whole. Because the Ninth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment applies. It, it, It enshrines the Bill of Rights, your rights, your natural human rights that are listed. It enshrines them against all forms of government. Which means Congress shall make no law also means... Government shall make no decree. No government of any kind
0: can ever
1: make a law or abridge uh, an establishment of religion or prohibit the free exercise thereof.
0: Well, and that also means that it's something that the federal government would have right under the Constitution, if I'm not mistaken, to enforce if someone were doing something that was contrary to the Constitution. Like that would be one of their jobs. Mm -hmm. It says in here that you have the free exercise of religion. And yes, maybe you have your own separate state, but it is our job to make sure that all the people inside of this country are able to live under all of these amendments. And it, it just it doesn't mean that if if Texas wants to vote to be able to murder people openly, that as long as Congress didn't make a law saying that that's okay, that it's that it's okay, you know that that's not that's not necessarily the case. So it would be under the purview of the federal government to say that this is contrary to the Constitution, which is why they're going to the U.S. Supreme Court with this. So that it'll be interesting to right. see if they do end up taking it up.
1: Now the Ninth Amendment, which I think is an important one, we don't talk about as often. Um, but J- uh, James Madison wanted to put this in there. So as to let people know that just because it's not explicitly said in the bill of rights does not mean it, it doesn't exist. And you don't have the rights because they're basing it off of natural law, like human law. Like you are, uh, you are made in the image of God and you have, you are born with rights. You have them. He said the, uh, the ninth amendment is the enumeration in the constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. And then you have the 14th amendment, which was adopted, which is very important as well. Um, And it addresses several things, but one uh, important thing. Let me see here. Um,
0: You don't have, you don't just know this.
1: Sorry. Uh, the, The first section here. So it was talking about the naturalization and, but then it says no state shall make or enforce any law, which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of the citizens of the United States. So the privileges and the immunities, the rights basically of the citizens of the United States, no state can make or, or enforce any law. Um, now of course, some might argue that, well, this is a, this is an emergency, you know, this is a. This is a emergency power. It's a super
0: duper emergency. It's a super duper problem. So the problem goes out the window.
1: Um, But I think, you know, we can go on on this, but the simple answer is that the church absolutely has the right. Now, I I will say in the middle of a pandemic, maybe you should uh, not gather in giant, large gatherings for your own safety, but that's up to you. Maybe you don't think this is much of a threat considering 99.997 people have uh, the world's population have survived so far. Maybe, maybe you don't think it's a threat. Maybe you think that you can go and worship your God. You can worship God in church and that you need to be there on Pentecost to receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to be in the church walls for that. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you truly believe, then there's no way that any kind, any kind of government can hold you back from doing that.
0: Now, what I would say is... And it's
1: amazing how these constitutional law scholars yeah. can come to this conclusion. I, just, I need to go read the opinion to figure out how they finagled their way around the First Amendment.
0: Can you do the next article real quick, and then I'll, I'll say my point on this because they go together.
1: Okay. This one coming from Fox News, a little bit less Christian than LifeSite. Trump announces that houses <laughs> but of- But still Christian. <laughs> but still Christian, according to my daddy. Trump announces that houses of worship are essential Calls on governors to open them up. President Trump on Friday announced that new centers for, di- for disease control guidance will classify houses of worship as essential as he called on governors to allow them to open right now after being closed during the coronavirus lockdowns. Trump announced a policy for churches, synagogues and mosques during a short briefing at the White House. Quote, the governors need to do the right thing and allow these very important essential places of faith to open right now for this weekend, Trump said, if they don't do it, I will override the governors. In America, we need more prayer, not less, Trump added. It's unclear under what authority Trump has to override governors, but Trump took issue with certain businesses being open while churches are not. Attorney General Bill Barr already warned last month that coronavirus restrictions by state and local government should be applied evenly and not single out religious organizations. Quote, some governors have deemed the liquor stores and abortion clinics as essentials, Trump said, but have left out churches and other houses of worship. It's not right, so I'm correcting this injustice and calling houses of worship essential essential. It's funny how they bring in it's like really talking to the Southern oh, yeah. Bible belt here. Yeah,
0: they're letting those the damn
1: liquor stores and murder babering factories are open and we can't even worship God in our own house. <laughs> it's funny how they put that stipulation in there. It's like they really, that, s- that in really speaks to this Southern Bible belt. It's you know, when we used to serve at Olive Garden, it was so funny when we first moved here. <laughs> It's hilarious because you're in Tennessee. It's still part of the Bible Belt, even though Nashville's pretty progressive. Um, it was hilarious. You could tell, especially after church on a Sunday, you would go up to the table and it was required at Olive Garden that you offer wine, a wine sample to everybody at the table unless they're underage. And you would. So you would come to the table with a bottle of wine. I'm sure people have, you've gone to Olive Garden have seen this taking place. I can't tell you how many times I went to a table. They had all the wine glasses turned upside down on the edge of the table. Before you could even say your name or say hello, you'd walk up to the table, and they'd look at you in disgust and be like, "We don't drink." <laughs> like, okay, Karen, I wasn't gonna offer you any Chianti. Uh, I'm sorry. I
0: hate it when Pentecostal Karen I comes just, in there. I just uh, we don't drink.
1: We don't drink.
0: <laughs> well. Do you drink water? (laughs) So uh, I'll say my piece on this now that we made it through both articles. This should apply to everyone. All the articles, all the discussion that's coming from the churches and from Trump and all of this should not just be purely on religious grounds. Okay. It should not like if you're atheist, it doesn't mean that you have to be locked inside your house. If you want to worship the Tesla factory. Then you need to be able to go to the tesla factory and pray to elon musk okay you cannot classify what is religion what is not religion if your religion is that you worship a new movie whatever it is then you need to be able to go do that i'm i'm glad that they are doing this and of course on religious grounds they're going to get some footing to do it they're going to get some traction to be able to do it but the first amendment does not only apply to people who are religious the constitution does not only apply to people who are religious so if you're non-religious and you want to congregate in a building of people who all think that Forrest Gump is the best movie ever and you want to talk about whether or not Forrest Gump or Lieutenant Dan are the most important characters in the movie and you want to you want to watch it over and over again, then you need to be free to do that, okay? It does not matter whether or not you're reading from the Bible or you're reading from the script. The scripture... <laughs> <laughs> or the script <laughs> or the script okay the scripture the, the, or the script. The movie script okay it doesn't matter all right and tom hanks said now this is this is always the case like the whole this t- took me back when i put this in here took me back to the whole bake the cake scenario and it's like well you should be able to refuse service if it goes against your religion you should always be able to refuse service if you own a property and someone came in there and you don't want them to be there or you don't want to perform a task for that person, they don't get to force you to do it. It doesn't matter if it's because of the religion that you are or for any reason. Maybe they like the Eagles and you're a Cowboys fan. Maybe they're a Democrat and you're a Republican or or vice versa. Like the free association of people is the important part Mm -hmm. here, not just the religion. So that that's what I wanted to go on. And I don't, the only, the I don't thing, like it when they just go down religious lines and act like we need to protect the constitution because of religion. I agree, but also because just an, all people are free and we need to protect those rights. It's an easy statute to argue. It is. That's, that's why. why there's traction on it. You can exactly. do it and people are. Convicted in it. And and you can argue this and you can get the traction in the media to be able to go to the, the to the Supreme Court eventually. And I and I get that. I understand why they're doing it. But it's the non-principle part of this that drives me insane. Because if, if any group of atheists that wants to get together and and run their podcast or do their political event or whatever they want to do, you can't say, well, because this isn't a religious gathering we can stop you from getting together that it, there has to be a principle. Are people free or are they not? That's it. Okay. The That's, only,
1: the only time you can be stopped is if you're again, your rights end where another's begin. You can't have a religion where you sacrifice children Yeah. anymore. Not anymore. These, it's frowned upon heavily yeah, these days. Yeah. Yeah. So your rights end where another's where another's begin, you can't, that cannot be a religious gathering. They can, yeah. they could, the state can shut that down. But uh, pretty much anything else, anything else goes, <laughs> any,
0: anything else, we draw the line right there, sacrificial children. Yeah. That's it. You can do anything else. But no, it's just there's no principle here. And, it, and that drives that drives me nuts. Now, I hope this goes to the Supreme Court. We've said several times on this podcast, these laws are not going to hold up if they go to the Supreme Court. There is no way any of these measures are going to hold up. At, at all. This is unconstitutional. All of it. Clearly.
1: Clearly unconstitutional. I have no idea how these the, the Court of Appeals and the and the Ninth Circuit like how do how do you even get a job as a judge?
0: Because they're they're political judges. It's, and it, uh, it's ridiculous. Judge Knapp talks about that in that book, um, Lies the Government told yeah. you about how political the judicial system is. Jeff you know?
1: Jeff asks, What about church's chicken?
0: Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna get
1: the yourself answer to some, that is no.
0: It's only Chick-fil-A. Only Chick-fil-A, but they're yeah. already closed on Sunday. Yeah. Do we have to force them to open on Sundays? Because I want some on Sunday. Probably. I think we have to for l- religious reasons.
1: What do you like better, churches or um, Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A's chicken better. Yeah. But I do like that, like church's biscuits are fantastic. Chick-fil-A doesn't have biscuits.
0: Yes, they do. No, they don't. They've got biscuits in the morning, but you don't get a biscuit with oh, I'm like just saying the statement, Chick-fil-A doesn't have biscuits. Isn't going to hold up in court. They either. don't,
1: they don't, they don't have biscuits. Like if you order uh, a chicken meal and they don't have bone-in chicken.
0: did you ask them nicely? I did. And they said, no, I said in Jesus name. And they still didn't have and it. I even did the you cross did the thing? thing. Well, that's did, what got you right there. Did they didn't the like thing. that. They thought you were a Catholic.
1: Oh, okay. They're trying to send you out. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. They're
0: like this heathen in here trying to get some of my Jesus chicken. I'm not going to get that Catholic any of my chicken. We got the bone-in chicken for the Baptist back there. <laughs> for the Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Bojangles is good. That bow sauce. Mm. Oh. Mm-mm. Mm. mm. What I that will sauce?
1: say, what you guys, unless you're from the South, you don't really know, Canes is where it's at.
0: I've had Canes. Canes is really good. Canes is that yeah.
1: cane sauce? Mmm, ain't nothing Are like Are you it, Keynesian? Man. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: okay. No,
1: I just like cane just sauce. Checking. Okay. Yeah. You sound like a Keynesian. Canes. that started sauce. by Milton Keynes? I do like Popeyes biscuits too.
0: Man, Popeyes. Can we go get some chicken after this? Let's go get some chicken. Let's chi- go get
1: some chicken. All this
0: religious talk, right, I just guys. want some chicken. Listen, we're at over an hour on the <laughs> podcast, and clearly we need chicken. All right. So we're going to have to end this thing abruptly for religious purposes Might even be
1: a new tier on patreon
0: go get chicken yeah
1: send us chicken <laughs>
0: send us, send us <laughs> wait they send us chicken they send us how chicken. much money do they have to pay a month to send us chicken uh, i don't know I, I mean they get our home address with that so i guess that's that's, uh, that's it's a, worth it's a trade-off it's a yeah. weird trade-off but i give out my home address for a certain amount of money That'd be yeah, fine I i'll trust take the people listening
1: popeye's chicken kane's chicken church's chicken zaxby's chicken <laughs>
0: kane's chicken is su- I, supplemental government chicken <laughs> i don't <laughs> it's that fake chicken kane's chicken doesn't actually exist i don't think i think he's making that up yeah some of that fiat chicken <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> all right this is getting out of hand yeah this is good this has gone uh, too far just yeah. like the shutdown all right guys listen We got a contest going on. You know, Charlie will tell you about the contest. I'm going to tell you about mastermytrades.com. I love trading. I don't know if you guys will like it, but speaking of learning a skill so you can work from home and just hit a button, maybe hit three buttons. I don't know. Maybe hit three buttons today. Something like that. You know, you can actually learn a skill where you can trade stocks and be able to make money from home. Now there's a lot of risk involved with trading. Of course, things don't just go in one direction, they go in both directions, so you gotta define your risk. So we talk about money management, risk management, Being able to grow a small account, doing some long-term trades, doing some short-term, very short-term trades sometimes. If you're interested in learning how to do that, how we use support and resistance and trend lines and all kinds of stuff like this to devise all these different strategies, which we will tell you what all of those are, and you can pick whichever one fits your brain the best, then go to MasterMyTrades.com today today. We got a couple new signups over the weekend. You're right. Now. I love seeing some new people in there. Guys, there's 100 videos on the website and new videos all the time, all the time. That doesn't really hold up since I said 100 like a week ago. So maybe it was 93. There's a week over ago. 100. There's over 100 videos on the website about how to go from starting your account don't even know a word yet to being able to actually take some trades in the market all right so if you're interested maybe it's not for you find what is for you by the way find what will excite you and 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 get you out of bed in the morning i love trading I'm staring at the charts when I'm high on Ambien trying to buy currencies at night. And I'm looking at it in the morning. I wake up, my phone's still on my chest and I'm in a position and even though I was in it. We don't recommend we don't that. We don't teach that not, strategy. That's, that's, that's a highly class. technical, that's like upper level experienced strategy. It's okay. like taking LSD and writing a song. That's how I have to be able to take <laughs> risk. You know, I'm not I'm not really great at taking risk. So eventually I once I hit F it, I just go ahead and, and I and I just take that trade after it kicks in, you know. No, guys, that's not a strategy. If you are interested in hearing the actual strategies, then go to mastermytrades.com. Do it. Do that.
1: And look, part of this contest that we're running, uh, which is the Good Morning <laughs> Liberty stimulus package. And that's a $500 straight to your pocket, more than likely your phone. It'll be a transfer of like PayPal or something, but, uh, it's 500 bones. And we're doing that drawing on June 2nd. I'm out of town on the first, so that's why we're doing it on the second. And you, uh, not only are you going to win $500, but you could also win a lifetime subscription to mastermytrades.com. What Nate was just talking about that includes the pre-market analysis. So you get pre-market plus the entire class, over a hundred videos, all of that for free for life. So it is a Mm. monthly subscription that we will give you for free for life plus $500. And you can turn that $500 into whatever you want. It's endless. The possibilities are endless,
0: literally endless.
1: Um, If you want, I did ask you to be the one of 100. and we already have a hundred reviews in the, in the podcast on iTunes. So you guys have done an amazing job with that. All five stars, by the way, which is absolutely fantastic. We can't thank you all enough for that. So all you people that got in, on the first hundred, you have five bonus entries into this contest. Uh, the others, you can still get one bonus entry by leaving and rating review. And plus it, it helps us out big time. The algorithms and, and people searching for liberty or libertarian or uh, whatever politics. Uh, it helps us move up the charts. So we appreciate all of you doing that. I'll, I'll read um, a couple here. The newest ones coming in. This is uh, my number one podcast by Joe Bo Davis. Joe Bob. Joe Bob Davis. If you will put aside your political views and listen to these guys with an open mind, they will make a lot of sense. Plus, one of them does a pretty good impression of Donnie Baker from The Bob and Tom Show. You're welcome, man. Um, another-
0: Donnie Baker on The Bob and Tom Show?
1: Yeah, I that's how so. he started. Oh, really? That's how okay. he started. Yeah, he, he was uh, he would call in. Yeah. And he, he always started like, I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to say a past. <laughs> uh, all right. This one by Steve Herman preaching Liberty. I honestly cannot remember how I came across the good morning. Liberty podcast seems like forever ago. These guys live their principles every day. I've also adopted their slogan for my life as well, which is life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Plus they've come out against death. How could you not get on board with that for anyone looking for a place to fit in, especially if you're not, uh, if you're not on the left or right, and just love freedom, liberty, and of course the Constitution. You'll love listening to Nate and Charlie. Just give them a chance. You never know what will happen. Thanks again, guys, for all you do. When you feel like doing it, <laughs> it's perfect. Nice. You guys have been. Uh, you guys have been amazing, and so we really appreciate you guys leaving those ratings and ratings and reviews. That'll get you some bonus entries. So join the contest. Tell your friends about the contest. Maybe you guys can split. You can always watch the class with somebody else. <laughs> you know. You got a few friends? Be like, hey, you guys want to join Master My Trades together? We can all split it. <laughs> that's a way to do it. Um, of course, we don't mind. We're trying to help as many people as we can, uh, but because we provide value, we expect value in return. That's that's all it is. So, if you want to get in on that, then you go to GoodMorningLiberty.us/stimulus. That's GoodMorningLiberty.us/stimulus. Sign up. All kinds of signups that we had uh, over the last week. And the secret, are we given the code word today? Yeah, the secret code word today, uh, which is the same as always, is Murica. M-U-R-I-C-A, just Murica. And uh, her birthday's coming up on July 4th, which is celebrated by
0: all. Hopefully we'll all be allowed to leave our houses to go celebrate our freedom.
1: (laughs) To cook our dogs. (laughs) And, you know, Austin, sorry about your grill in your house. Hopefully that doesn't happen to you guys. Um, But anyway, sign up. Good Liberty.us slash stimulus with the code word Murica, M-U-R-I-C-A. You're welcome.
0: You're welcome. There you go. Yeah. All right, guys, that is the show for today. Tell a friend, tell your communist uncle, communist. I always say communist. I don't like saying communist, I guess. I don't know why. It's just, it's just axed from my vocabulary. You know, that those darn dirty commies, they're just always, they're just always creeping up on you. You tell your communist uncle real quick, hey, man, I need you to go listen to that there Good Morning Liberty podcast. It's some of the best podcasts I've ever heard in my life, man. So you go tell them. These guys know everything there is to know. They know everything that there is to know about the podcast. So you go tell your communist uncle, and then he has an aha moment. And he's like, oh my God, you're right. Everything that I thought my entire life was wrong. And I love you, <laughs> nephew so much for showing me this. I was trying to think, he's your he's your uncle. Now I believe right. in freedom. And Now I believe in freedom. Now I now I don't want to force you to do the things that I want. Okay, so that's what you do. And that's how it works exactly every single time. We Statistics have shown that 92% of the time, this podcast works every time at converting people from communism. So you definitely want to tell those friends, tell your family, go ahead and do all those things, rating and review. Join mastermytrades.com. Get in on the contest for 500 bucks. Go get some of your favorite Jesus chicken, whichever one it is. And if you guys do all of those things, and Charlie means all of it, then we will be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or
1: Trump and you ain't black,